All right, to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And one of my uh, favorite topics is to talk about what's going on in the uh, energy industry, transportation industry, and uh, these are so vital to our economy and our well-being. One of my favorite people to talk to about that is Diana Furcott-Roth. She's an economist, uh, nationally known, working senior uh, policy positions in the White House, and uh, works with one of the largest think tanks for public policy in the country, the Heritage Foundation. Diane, always glad to have you on the program. We've got an interesting topic today. I uh, saw your article on the Daily Signal, which is a Heritage Foundation uh, publication. Glad to have you back on the program. Why don't you just set the stage uh, with our topic today? Well, the topic today, uh, Kevin, is how automakers are wising up to reality. So we have GM, Ford, Stellantis, and other automakers saying that after 2035, they will only produce electric vehicles. They won't produce uh, uh, gasoline-powered engines, cars with gasoline-powered engines, internal combustion engines. And the administration passing proposed regulations that would require 60% of new car sales to be electric by 2030. There's just one problem. People don't want to buy these. 6% Mm -hmm. of new vehicle sales are electric right now, and uh, automakers saying that they're going to completely eliminate gasoline-powered cars by 2035 or even eliminate most of them by 2030 just aren't going over so well with consumers. So what happened last week, Ford and GM said they were revising their production targets and investments because uh, EV demand is evolving. Now, when you hear EV demand is evolving, you might think it's evolving up. No, the problem is it's evolving down. So yeah. it may be more accurate to say it's devolving. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's devolving. It's not evolving. It's devolving. Yeah. So uh, again, these but these uh, you know these uh, corporate executives they don't talk like you and I do, Kevin, in just real factual terms. They kind of uh, paint a picture. So uh, the Ford chief financial officer John Lawless said, "Quote." Given the dynamic EV environment, we are being judicious about our production and adjusting future capacity to better match market demand. This was when he said he was postponing $12 billion of spending, including a Kentucky battery plant, after it halted its $3.5 billion Michigan battery plant, co-sponsored with the Chinese company CATL. So it's these automakers are finally figuring out, well, no, Consumers won't buy everything that's put in front of them. Consumers think. Consumers have brains. Yeah, it's very paternalistic when you think. It's kind of like how governments behave. They know better, right? And uh, the reality is that they don't, and they don't really know what people want. And you said that the uh, the only problem is that consumers don't want it. And the reality is it's it's even beyond that, isn't it? I mean, mean, I'm here in Texas, which is very, uh, you know, energy friendly, certainly from a fossil fuel perspective, um, you know, very much more free market minded. Uh, but I'm, I'm hearing about the fact that they're going to start having rolling uh, blackouts in certain parts of the state because the grid can't handle 
the capacity that we currently have. Well, how can it handle, you know, how can it handle most vehicles being EV, which is the goal of in the next few years, meaning they're being charged electrically uh, from a grid that can't even warm our homes or cool exactly. our homes, depending on It's kind of insane when you think about it. It, it. it really is insane. Plus, the Environmental Protection Agency has put forward proposed rules that would make electricity more expensive because it would require power plants to either sequester, that's very... 90% of their carbon emissions, and we don't have the technology for that yet, or else close down by 2040. So at the same time as it's asking people to get more electricity from the grid with their 60% of EVs sold, it's also making electricity more expensive. So these things just don't meet reality, Kevin. And now yeah. automakers are admitting it. So this is about the first time that automakers are admitting it. And it's really interesting. I went to a conference earlier this week with the European, put on by the European Council on Foreign Relations. And it was all these Europeans, they wanted to hear what a Republican administration would do in 2025 if there were a Republican administration. And someone from the German embassy said, but we don't have any choice about electric vehicles. It's already been decided. They're all going to go electric. And the view of these Europeans that it's been decided and that consumers don't get to choose is just not American. That's not how we believe in America. In America, we are pro-choice. We believe we should be able to buy an electric vehicle or a gasoline-powered vehicle or a hybrid vehicle or an electric stove or a gas-powered stove. Yes. <clears throat> no question about it. And it is uh, anti-American, in fact, uh, when you get right down to it. And it's an interesting dynamic because I've met some, including people that I consider kind of woke and they know better, you know, that type of uh, view, who are doubting uh, EVs viability, shock, and people I talk to. And these aren't policy walks, but these are people that are generally progressive who have been preaching EVs forever and are like, well, we're just not sure it's the panacea we thought it was. So um, it's interesting to see that because a lot of people, I think, on both the far left and the far, far right get uh, almost a religious-type devotion about these ideas, and that's certainly included EV for quite a while. But there seems to be a rude awakening going on. Right, yeah, yeah. And another rude awakening, by the way, is in New Jersey wind. Uh, there were big plans for offshore wind that have now been scrapped by uh, the manufacturers because of opposition in New Jersey. So that's another case of uh, waking up to reality. People don't like these really ugly wind turbines. It's going to raise the cost of electricity by about $8,000 per household. Uh, and um, these wind, uh, so New Jersey has scrapped the plan. These wind turbine manufacturers have uh, said they're not going to do it after all. That was just this week. Incredible. Always love talking to Diana Furkoff-Ross. She's an economist and really one of my uh, favorite people to talk to about public policy, particularly in this area uh, in, in the uh, energy field that I think is in, in such an important period of time. And, uh, you, you know, and again, the left isn't giving up. You know, we have a guy that... Uh, that the Gavin Newsom, who is the governor of California, who the Democrats pretend is the uh, uh, second coming, 
second coming of what? I'm not sure, but but he's talked about like the second coming, you know. And, and in that state, they'll say in the same paragraph that uh, they're they're going to uh, quicken the requirements to go all EV, uh, but at the same time, in the in the same statement, say don't charge your uh, car though because our our power grid can't handle it. What kind of bizarre world is that? You know, I think the, the strongest forces to undermine the expansion of EV are the most passionate advocates advocates for it. They live in a, a fantasy world. Well, for some people who just drive a short way to work and then they can come back and they can charge the EV in their garage, uh, it's a you know, it's a sensible choice if they can afford it because these vehicles are very expensive. But the, for those of us who uh, drive miles and miles with little kids, uh, we can't afford a large, uh, a more expensive car, and we can't afford the time to stop for an hour or two to recharge the vehicle with screaming kids in the car. Then it's not yeah. a wise choice. And people buy cars for all kinds of times. They have a car, they drive to work, then they take it on vacation, uh, then maybe they haul stuff and go to the mountains, they go to the hardware store, pick up a bunch of logs or uh, fertilizer or mulch or something like that. And uh, for most people, cars have to be very versatile. And having one that even if you just take it on vacation, you have to stop for one or two hours to charge it up is just a loser. Even if every day you just drive it a few miles, you want it for those times that you have to drive a long way. You want it to be reliable. People want their vehicles to be reliable, resilient. Yes. I think people are looking for uh, real-world policies when it comes to this, and we're simply not getting it. But again, it's like a religious fervor around EV, uh, but it seems to be reversed, and it seems to have lost a lot of that type of, uh, I think, uh, uh, blind uh, passion or blind faith that uh, that it enjoyed. As we begin to wrap it up, kind of give us some thoughts on what a real world policy that w- would look like. Not anti EV, of course. I think EV makes sense or it can make perfect sense, as you pointed out in some circumstances. But talk about what a real world policy looks like as we wrap it up. So, a real world policy would be having consumers choose the cars they buy. And one example of this is that these non-plug-in hybrids are flying off the dealer lot. Uh, This is a car that uses a smaller battery, and that battery is charged through the generation of the braking system, the engine, so you never have to plug it in. But it means your miles per gallon go from about 30 to about 60. It basically extends your gas mileage. And these are very, very popular. In fact, some automakers are putting them in and just getting rid of the complete internal combustion engine cars without that supplementary battery. Many people don't even know that it has that extra battery in and it's really a hybrid. They're not being sold as hybrids because people don't like the word hybrid, but they're flying off the dealer lots. So I think the future is in consumer choice. We need a broad palette of choices for consumers, just as when people get jobs. They can choose a full-time job with 35 hours a week, a full-time job with 60 hours a week, a part-time job with 20 hours a week. And that's what fits people's needs. We don't want to put everyone in the same situation because everyone is very different. Yeah, I I think what you're saying is very interesting because it wasn't that long ago, not long ago, when people were thinking, looking at hybrids like front 
work into autos, and they were almost on uh, life support. And they doubted about their future. But again, and all of this points to the power of consumer voice rather than government voice. Uh, they modified yeah. those hybrids, made them better, they made them better, uh, you know, really bringing in uh, the best of electric or the best of gasoline and uh, meeting environmental objectives in a real world, world sort of way. That's what happens when the market works and it doesn't happen when the government chooses winners and losers. So wrap it up with exactly. your uh, website real quick. We're running out of time. Uh, uh, DianaFR.com. Everything's on my website, DianaFR.com, or on the Heritage Foundation website, my scholar page at heritage.org. Yeah, make sure you check that out. Always enjoy our chat. Thanks so much for being with us. Great to be with you. Thanks so much, Kevin. I'm Kevin Price, and this is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 